nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Hardware and garden stores. Yes. Oh, sorry. I was going to play Joe. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic podcast number 1050. Ooh. April 5th, Ooh. 2023. 85 degrees on this day in 1921. We'll be returning to 1921 in just a moment. 12 degrees in 1979, and uh, two ice outs on this day, April 5. Minnetonka went out in 1895, and again in 1930. Now, uh, the nightly newscasters, of course, are in the business of selling you climate hysteria. We've never had tornadoes before, and California's never had deep snow before. But here's a little oddity for you that I noted today because I read the paper. Read the whole paper. <laughs> On this day in 1921, here in the area, the record high was 85 degrees. On April 14th and 15th in 1921, the record was set for the greatest 24-hour snowfall in Littleton, Colorado, in Silver Lake, Colorado. 75.2. Eight inches. So here you see it was real warm here. Oh, I see. And then mm-hmm. a week later, it's, it's the clipper. You got a swings down. The Calcutta swings up. Inside. What year? What year was that, Joe? I'm sorry. 1921. 21. Thank now, you. From the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Chris Reaver, Manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson, Came from the Krabby Coffee up. Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. The greatest test of our theory will unfold before our eyes. In the city of Chicago. Oh, boy. The theory being, with each new election, you regret the outgoing mayor or city council member or whatever. This will be the greatest test because uh, a clown, and I mean that seriously, named Brandon Johnson uh, won uh, the mayor's race in the city of Chicago so there goes Lori Lightfoot. He he beat a guy named Paul Vallis, who might have been a hope to save the city. Uh, Brandon Johnson is a voice of the Chicago Teachers Union. Who doesn't believe in cops. Doesn't believe in cops and believes looters shouldn't be locked up. Uh, he's a, well, he's a Mysterian. Mm-hmm. A Bernie Sanders-endorsed. Uh, Mysterian. And God help the Chicago, and I mean that seriously, I, I think you'll see the the ultimate collapse of Chicago. It'll, be, it'll set the example for the ultimate collapse of the cities closest to the tallest buildings 
in this country. They will all fall. They are all in the hands of Mysterians. They will all fall. There is nothing a Mysterian can bring to the public table that will serve the public well. And so now Chicago has uh, elected Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson. And he is not a good guy in terms of representing the public. He will represent, uh, well, in essence now, what's going to happen is the teachers' union, if they haven't already, will be running the city of Chicago. What could go wrong there? Much. Hmm. Much. What I thought of reading this was, Who's going to end up replacing this guy? Well, that's the game. <laughs> the we're downward playing. spiral that that city is going through. Because this guy won't be left enough to somebody else. And I have every, re- I say absolutely the truth. Yes. Uh, Lori Lightfoot was not, not left enough for the 31% of the people left in the city of Chicago who actually vote. How can you have that? 31% How can you of have? the people in Chicago voted. <laughs> so what are you to explain this? But That's how this idiot got elected. Because 68.5% of the people didn't vote. Didn't bother voting. Lori Lightfoot, there's a strong chance that Lori Lightfoot's absence will be regretted. Oh, God. That's how bad this guy is. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, the crime, I can't imagine how the crime will get better. Because his big claim was that he defended the looters because they were doing it uh, because of racism. Wasn't that his bit? Something like that. Yeah. The uh, the crime problem, uh, the, the analysts are trying to tell me that Lightfoot was given the boot because of the crime problem. Well, I got news for you. Right. It's not going to get any better. No. Not with this turd. Well, once we get rid of the crops, there won't be any arrests. Therefore, the crime's going to go down. Right? Crops? crops. I said crimes. Well, I Didn't thought you I said crops. I meant to say crimes you, if you, I did. You said crops. Sorry. You said crops. I, you I get rid of the crops. But you get my logic, right? I if do. We, if we get rid of the police, <laughs> I do. there's no arrests. The crops and the crimes go down. Yep. No Problem crop, solved. No corn coming in. No more corn. What, what do we know about Paul Vallis, who lost... Uh, we know that he was a moderate Democrat who was pro-policing, and that he uh, he lost by two hundred and seventy thousand votes. That he would have had Is a chance real? to not be subservient to the teachers' union. He's a progressive Democrat. No, I'm sorry. Johnson's the progressive Democrat. Yeah, Johnson seems like a union puppet. That's all he is. Much like our governor. Ooh. Right. That's right. Yeah. Very similar to the way Walls behaves. And if they put uh, Johnson in a seventeen thousand dollar a month lakefront mansion, he'll probably live in it, just like, just like Wallsy, who's living the dream. Well, we're one Minnesota here, so I, yeah, everything's right. going just fine. There were only 797 homicides in Chicago in 2021. Oh so. I think Vallis lost on his stance on crime. He, he was going to be tough on crime. That's right. So it, it's it a, was a 51-49 thing again, which seems to be the way the country's going, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, 
and I don't think it's hyperbole to say that one by one you'll beginning you'll begin to witness these cities, uh, the major cities in this once great country, will be falling. Yeah, they'll be unlivable. Well, we're already trying. We're already seeing that. There was the study that was released yesterday about the declining population in both Hennepin and Ramsey, and what should anger everybody is the spin that people continue to put on it. Well, you know, people, the the pandemic, and no, no, people are fed up with the crap in the metro area. What spin will the city put on AT and T leaving its own building? It's already it happened yesterday, Joe. I'm glad you're bringing this up. That's what I was getting at. They're saying, well, this is an evil corporation going after money. No. Who said that? Well, you'll you'll see a lot of that commentary on these news articles. AT&T is moving its entire uh, Minneapolis workforce out of its namesake tower to Bloomington. It's moving all operations currently done in the 34-story building on Marquette Avenue. They're going to Bloomington. Uh, they say that uh, what's changed is the way people work. Uh the pandemic changed working structures, work the way way people structure their lives to work, and uh, it's been an anchor tenant in that building since it was uh, built in 1990. It's a mm. gorgeous, gorgeous building. The company has slowly shrunken its space over the years within the building, and now now only occupies about 95,000 square feet on five lower floors. Uh, they're right-sizing. They're not downsizing. They're right-sizing, according to them. And they're moving to a different space because of the way they do business. Well, that sounds like a legitimate reason. Mm -hmm. But look, go deeper, though, than that, fellas. I know someone that works there and works for that company. It's because people that work there do not want to come back downtown for reasons like crime. Well, that's Parking one of costs. the reasons, Chris. It's I, not the sole reason. It's not, but but Kenny, this is becoming a trend. Well, we're, you're onto something interesting, and it's just occurring to me now. So I, by no means, have it fleshed out. But the the working from home phenomenon is real, and mm -hmm. that can happen, and it's inevitable. <laughs> I think that <laughs> here's a story. <laughs> it's inevitable that it will happen more. But isn't it interesting that it's happening? At a time when its its presence leaves great holes in urban centers for them to become even more downtrodden. In other words, yep. in other words, the once bustling urban centers may very well be faded to no longer be bustling urban centers, and not just because of crime. But because of technology and, and what have you has enabled people to create entirely different ways of working, that combined with their absence from the once bustling urban centers will leave the urban centers a hollowed out hole on the landscape where things will become more dangerous. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's happening. But I mean, in the case of AT&T employees, it's it's... It's simple to, I mean, how many of these employees, they leave at the end of the day. They get there in the morning, they park in a parking ramp, they stay there all day. If they go anywhere, they use the Skyway for lunch, and then they go back to work. At the end of the day, they leave. 
how affected uh, by crime are they? I think in a once bustling downtown, uh, the AT&T workers would have probably gone to a bar or a restaurant or maybe gone shopping. Stayed in town for a show. Or uh, stayed for a concert or said, I'm not going to go home yet. I got tickets to the uh, Twins game. And and I think this is where, now this is where the crime aspect comes in. It's true that technology is allowing people to work remotely. So that's a given. But in addition to the people working remotely, the people left behind who have not yet chosen to work remotely or cannot because of their their employer's business, they are less likely now to go to the game, to go to the bar, to go to the restaurant because of their feeling of it being unsafe. Mm-hmm. The, the feeling of being unsafe will only increase the more people leave town to work remotely. I remember working in the heart of downtown, and this upcoming week, which is supposed to be, was one of the best to be downtown. When everyone wanted to go out for lunch on Marquette or whatever. Oh, and spring broke. Oh, it was fantastic. It was one of the best reasons to work downtown. No one has interest in doing that anymore. Well, let's. I've used this before. When was the Super Bowl here? January, January of 2018, late January. Now, was that the same spring the Final Four was here? No, that was 2019. 2019? It was a year later. As recently as 2019, none of this happened. As recently as 2019, yeah. downtown Minneapolis was bustling. It was. And then... You can't you can't let the pandemic off the hook. The pan the pandemic, which I wish we could relive that relive that and do a lot of things differently. Because the pandemic, you have to factor in for the ruination of the country's tallest buildings. The minute the pandemic hit, that opened up the prospect of working remotely. Working remotely opened up the prospect of less people downtown. Less people downtown have begun to feel less safe. I can quote you statistics we currently have from the current police chief, uh, uh, O'Hara. Car thefts are up more than 95% from this time last year. I have a question about that story when you're done. Carjackings are down, but police are focusing on... Just stolen cars. Well, that's what I'm wondering. What's the difference between a carjacking and a stolen car? I don't know. Well, I'll, 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 I'll get to this. Well, what, what, no, what, yeah. what is the technical difference? Is what I guess uh, I'm wondering. A carjacking is when you take a car from somebody; they're occupying it. A stolen car, it's just empty, and they break in okay, and they so drive that's away. The, that's the difference. Okay, gotcha. And right. the stolen cars are being used as weapons. Escape attempts resulted in 17 squad cars being rammed by sco- uh, stolen vehicles so far this year. Kids as young as 11 and 12 are getting involved in serious car accidents, and then they get involved in more and more serious crime, O'Hara said. According to MPD, in 2022, young people connected to car thefts were involved in five murder cases. 13 were involved in shootings, 36 in robberies, and 265 in motor vehicle accidents. O'Hara believes car manufacturers need to be held accountable. Well, O'Hara, you're off my list. You're a bozo for saying that. It's not a car's fault that it gets stolen. It's a human being's fault. But he thinks they need to retrofit cars with safety systems to prevent them from being stolen so easily. God, I can't believe the uh, the, the public mindset 
from the attorney general's office on down through the police chief's office to continue to blame the car. Right. Your, your, your whole city's falling apart because children are not acting with any moral or ethical integrity. I have no hopes that they will. And you idiots want to blame the car. But to his You've credit, got no hope for recovery. His credit, though, part of this is that he's frustrated because these kids aren't being held accountable. Right, but he can't get away with this blaming the car nonsense. I agree. It I doesn't agree. work. If they weren't stealing the car, they'd be stealing something else. Oh. Anyway, back to AT&T. Uh, man, that's a blow, isn't it? Uh, that's a blow for those who believe that the urban centers in America can continue to be viable. They cannot continue to be viable with the present political class running them. Downtown urban centers will never come back with the likes of Carter or Fry or now uh, Johnson in Chicago running things. They have they don't have good ideas and they don't address truths. Coming soon to Mayor Fry's cabinet, the revitalization of downtown sustainability, urban, whatever you well, want to call that it. That will be their plan is to create another bureaucracy to address this problem. The problem has long since fled the barn, boys. It's over for you. Your city's over. It, it really is. I hate to keep being the uh, <laughs> the dissenting voice here, Go ahead. but Timberwolves' attendance is up. It was up last year, and it's up this year. Okay. And I guess the, a real test will be home opener for the Twins. Which isn't sold out yet. But that could also have to do with weather. Well, home openers do well. I mean, hell, the home opener in Baltimore is not safe. Home opener is going to draw a crowd. But the Twins did have poor attendance last year. I mean, we're making a lot of outrageous assumptions here. It'd be nice if we could get a business owner on the phone and get, get some real truth. No, I'm the one making the assumptions, and I don't think they're outrageous. When you factor in the decline of moral and ethical integrity in this country, it's not an illogical leap to conclude that downtown centers are done. They're done. There's no way to control it, especially when you have people in power who want to blame inanimate objects for crime. Well, that you have a solid point there. There's no arguing that. The, uh, just least, uh, be, I'm sorry, Ken. Go ahead. I was just going to say the twins' attendance. Actually, Chris was up five hundred thousand. Was last it? Year. I thought we yeah. we talked about this at length. I thought it was down last year. One point eight million the year before it was one point three million. May I, okay. may I, may I, I add this proviso? I'm correct. Or may I you. add this caveat? I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, we all do. We all do. Say sixty degrees in the forecast for this weekend. Yes, uh, and that means get to EcoFun in Forest Lake. You know why? Because uh, Kaylin Bloom, daughter of Tim, the owner, will have an electric bike demo day from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Not only can you learn how to ride the newest electric bikes, you can try all of them and get fitted by an expert. There's over 400 e-bikes in stock, and they're on spring sale. Free GL t-shirts with every purchase. Nice. This is the home to the electric bike expert, Caitlin. She's been flown around the country to 
help people understand the correct fitting of an electric bike. The uh, spring will be here Saturday. It'll be festive. They have a full showroom of scooters and motorcycles ready to ride or take home. They have great specials on 2022 models left in stock. The Yamaha R-Max 1000 two-person and four-person side-by-sides are two grand off this month plus 5.99% financing for 84 months from Yamaha. Four left in stock at the Forest Lake store on Highway 97, just west of Interstate 35, and in Burnsville on the County Road of Life, the Garage Logic County Road of Life near, uh, no, uh, Service Road of Life near County Road 42. Well, it'll be a festive day Saturday. Beautiful weather and a day-long hosting of an electric think of it an electric you're going to electric bike camp (laughs) all day saturday you can go to electric bike camp (laughs) do we get lunch at at ecofun in forest (laughs) lake that's uh, ecofunmotorsports.com where do i see it right over there Is that his cylinder index or his golf score? Either way, it's a big number. Here's Joe Suchere. The sun came, uh, well, it got light today, and DK Meggs <laughs> opened up its doors at 10 a.m. with a full stock of uh, the most modern firearms and ammunition. They can take special orders on whatever crazy thing you're looking for. If it's hard to source, you're having a hard time finding it. Uh, for number one, check the website, see what see what that brings you, and then always, always, always call DK Mags. Get their number from the website, dkmags.com. Give them a call because what they have in stock at the store isn't necessarily on the website, so you've got to make that call. I've had a couple of buddies that have been looking for firearms, couldn't find them anywhere. Uh, they got on the phone like they're old-timers, and voila, or viola, I mean. Um, <laughs> DK Mags had them in stock. Uh, they also have a pretty dandy on-site gunsmithing uh, staff so they can handle your your issues. They have the buying power of a large, large business, but they're just a small little shop in New Brighton. It's a small town local feel there. I love that. And if you're new to firearms, DK Mags is your joint. If you're considering your first firearm purchase, DK Mag's the place to go. It won't be overwhelming for you. Somebody will walk you through the process and help you out. Fair pricing, quality firearms, and a fantastic staff. DK Mag's Old 8 in New Brighton and on the web, dkmags.com. Say, in fairness to Chief O'Hara in Minneapolis, uh, he does acknowledge that there are no consequences for these kids who steal. The, he says the cops bring them in and they're released immediately and then back out into the same environment. No services, no accountability, no nothing. And the next thing you know, they're in one of these cars again, he said. So he's frustrated by that. He nevertheless uh, blames Kia and Hyundai as uh, he would like that problem taken care of. Uh, I, I'll never get to the point where I can blame the car. But even, even if the car had a big sign on it said, this car was designed to be stolen, <laughs> take it, I mm-hmm. still wouldn't excuse the car. Right. But he did have another quote, too, which I can't believe he said out loud about bringing the kid to mom and grandma. I didn't see that. Let yeah. Me, uh, in which... I, I would like to see that. In me. which he's, the mom and grandma said, well, we, I'm helpless here. I can't control my child. 
You didn't say anything oh, about yeah. Dad. At the same time, when the police take kids into custody that are involved in crimes in these cars, there needs to be some sense of accountability. There needs to be some consequence. There needs to be some kind of support for mom and grandma who come to us and say, I can't control my kid. What an interesting... Uh, uh, wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. There was no mention of Dad? That is No, but I don't think O'Hara was being insensitive. Of I course think he, he wasn't. Said, He's speaking in reality. Yeah. MPD says it needs help from the community to help stop the rising number of stolen vehicles. They say they know where your children are, and if you own a Kia or a Hyundai, use a steering wheel lock. Or if you can, park in a garage. We're just never going to let Key and Hyundai off the hook for this. But what an indictment. Without any type of accountability, who in their right mind thinks that this problem is just going to correct itself? It's not going to. Progressives do not have good ideas. They don't have a firm grasp of reality. That's why the country's biggest cities are going to collapse. They don't have good ideas. They're not smart people. Chris, their minds aren't fully developed as minors. True. That's cool. Twenty five. You gotta be twenty. Morality said that. Yeah. Yeah. But we uh we've got a runaway DFL oh, who's doing nothing about this. They Over. they've come up with more uh, tax increase proposals. I saw this. <laughs> yeah. I'm now outraged because this affects me. <laughs> Twin Cities area uh Twin Cities Metro residents would pay did I say out uh, uh, live on the air that a live player would win the Masters? You said it before we air? started recording. Well, the I show. want the public to hear that. Okay. Uh, a live. Can you imagine the unimaginable wealth those Arabs might have promised to a live player who wins the Masters? This is one of those hard left turns in a and stolen. What does this Kia? have to do with uh, DFL and taxes? I'll get back to it. I'm going to make a link. Yeah. Because to me, it's the greatest sporting weekend of the year. That's okay. how much I like the Masters. Yes. All right. Where was I? Yeah, property exactly. taxes. Something about the DFL. Yeah. Taxes. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yep. <laughs> Twin Cities Metro residents would pay more when they shop under a plan at the state capitol designed to fix what advocates say is an affordable housing crisis. The proposal... Uh, implements a a 0.25% sales tax hike in the region, which includes Anoka, Carver, Dakota, Hennepin, Ramsey, and Scott counties. A tax estimate expects it to generate nearly $200 million a year by 2077. Oh, we could cover another food fraud with 200 mil. Well, and most of which, seriously, would just be squandered maintaining a bureaucracy. Most of that funding would provide aid to local governments to assist with housing development, but would also funnel 25% of those revenues to a rent voucher program for those who need the most help, which supporters say would be transformational for low-income Minnesotans. So, you know, the answer is just increase the taxes. And that rent voucher program that started with the pandemic has also been wrought with fraud. Oh, of course. What about that 18 bill nest egg we're sitting on? No, that's been no. spent. Yeah, we that's all got rid of that that's already. That's that's that got stolen so fast it made your head spin. That's gone. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Housing is you know, housing is a crisis. Okay, it is. Uh, and the way it's going to be solved is to 
forget about developing a sense of propriety, develop, forget about developing a sense of worth. Let's just continue to tax people who cling to a job, uh, wring them bone dry for more money, and then build homes for people who, uh, who have had no uh, upbringing uh, in terms of learning how to appreciate such a thing. Uh, most of the public housing in this country has been wrecked. And the one way to solve that is uh, for people to have a better sense of self-worth. And they're not going to have a better sense of self-worth if everything get, is kept giving, is being handed to them. Mm-hmm. It, that doesn't work. But I don't have to earn anything, Joe. I can just get it handed to and me And I sure government. as hell don't trust the schools. They're completely failed. No offense to the few GL teachers who hang on by the skin of their teeth, but the schools are all utter failures. They've demanded more and more money. To what end? That hasn't worked. But this is more of a recent trend. The liberals trend. are lousy idea people. They have no idea. That's where I was going. The, the, this recent uh, you know, idea by the DFL to cure homelessness. We're going to raise your taxes. But when did this become the government's job? Oh, that's been the government's job for 60 years. It has yeah. been? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Where do you think Kirby Puckett was brought up? In a housing project in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he was proof that you can survive that. You can come out of that with a goal in mind and create achievement for yourself. Sure. But it's... Uh, it's harder and harder. You know what? It'll really. Here we go back to the beginning of the show. You think I've lost track? It'll. It'll. Uh, it'll get harder. Again, let's say the public housing is centered as close as possible to the urban core. Well, then the urban core is full of public housing with really nothing to back it up. No. And so that will even hasten the demise of the urban centers. Yeah. Uh, Putting people in these ugly Soviet-style boxes that are called apartments. Uh, that's Boy, do I have a grim outlook on the future. Thank God it's really not Thursday do. today. I yeah, really have a grim outlook. negative Wednesday. I have a grim outlook. Can anything turn me around? But it's hard not to, in all honesty. Well, when I uh, when I go through the news, I got a good For, note, Oh, well, You know what, though? For God's sake, Royce's turning on the DFL. Yeah. They're losing Patrick, for yeah. God's sake. Yeah, all that means is instead of voting twice, you'll vote once. Right. <laughs> no, what, what was his line to you? Well, you said you're still going to vote federally. Oh, hell yes. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. It's not locally. They're losing me locally. What is the Biden administration doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're bringing about the, uh, the light ba- bulb ban is coming this week or coming weeks because that's the problem yep you know we're gonna have a light bulb ban boy are we poorly led no matter where you look by the way the trumper he goes into court do you know when the next time he goes back to court only because you told me december this is never gonna end (laughs) it'll never end yeah but you said this to the town council before i think it's worth repeating when you got the the DA from New York getting up on his pulpit saying, well, we're going to hold everyone accountable regardless of their status. No, and it, oh, it, okay, pal, who no, are you kidding? They let they let career criminals back out of the street in a revolving door. Uh, 
murderers and what have you. I mean, New York is a crime-infested hellhole. This is a, a, a this is a bleep show. Is <laughs> what this is. <laughs> Careful. And it's uh, it makes you wonder just about our whole system of justice. It just it works too slowly. This guy doesn't have to come back to court until December. God knows what might happen between now and December. If that's it even, damn near a year. But that's also if it even gets to the courtroom, right? Right. right. In the meantime, we got to get your light bulbs changed. Oh, the hell with it. Incandescence <laughs> and uh, some fluorescence. Yeah. Because of high, uh, what is it, mercury? Oh, no. It hurts the earth or something. I don't know. <laughs> Boy, I got to tell you, I... I went to Frats, no, no, a couple months ago and got one of those, what are they called, Kenny? The butterfly ones for your garage where you screw it in and it's got the three wings that stick out. Yeah. That sucker oh, lights up the entire cool. yeah. garage. Are they fluorescent? No, it's an LED deal. It was it's a, fi- yeah, 15 it, bucks. Oh my yeah. God, are they sweet. Joe, I've it got just, two, two strands, what do I have, 16, maybe 32 foot strands of LEDs in the shop. It's like an operating theater in there. It is so bright and so cheap to run. They're so wonderful. Uh, to do good work in a shop, you need great light. Yeah. But then I also have a string of fluorescents over the uh, bench, which are also wonderful. A hosed-down floor, a shut garage door, and extraordinary lighting are the keys to varnishing. Yep. You can't have good lighting, though, without power. Right. Which you and then if, if you're working like. on a vehicle, a hat light or a headlight helps too. Oh, I love that hat light. I got, yep. a, I got a light Big on my miner's head. helmet on I your forehead. I got a miner's light. <laughs> you got to have those. No, they got a strap on them. They're, they're amazing. For as wired up as I am, there was nothing I liked more than to close the garage door, hose the floor down, turn on my amazing lights, and just sit there and varnish. A little music on in the Just background. Just huff all that varnish oh, for hours. No. I wore the mask. You're high for about three days. <laughs> I Fantastic. wore the uh, I wore the mask with the two circles at the end of it. Those the things, filter pods. The filter deals. At yeah. what point during the project then do you call Rook to come over to check to see if it's dry? When the boat was almost dry. Yeah. Let me touch this part. But big fingerprint. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fixing that. You got to do it over. Ah. Uh-huh. I you bet know. he didn't realize that. No, he would hardly was hard pressed to know what a boat was. <laughs> Is he related to that Whitaker family? Do you think oh, in boy. Virginia? Oh, I, wow! I, know, I don't. I'm just, that's a that's a shot. That is a shot. <laughs> he's not going to hear us because he's driving around in Whitaker country in Wisconsin. He, <laughs> I, I hate to get us back on track here, but uh, <laughs> you'll no longer be able to purchase incandescent light bulbs starting in July. Uh, the Department of Energy isn't totally banning all incandescents, just those most commonly used in homes ah. that are not energy uh, efficient. And it sounds like the manufacturers are the ones that are going to pay. Manufacturers who violate the ban could face a maximum penalty of $542 per what they're calling illicit bulbs. We have a Department of Energy that has nothing to do with energy except bitching at people. Right. <clears throat> right. And they're not elected officials. No. We have a God. Hey, John, just for fun. Yeah. Look up. How many people are employed by the Department of Energy? Oh, my God. They've well, never doing... once produced one measure of energy. 
And while you're at it, I, w- I just want to mention this. Uh, the problem with LEDs is the outrageous cost. Mm-hmm. The average cost of an LED light bulb ranges 5 to $7, while the incandescent light bulbs normally 2 to $3. I'm an incandescent guy. Yeah, I, I, I have a big stock of both. And I like the red color that the incandescents throw off. But the LED's lifespan is much longer, though, isn't it, Kenny? It is. But look at behind me. BFD. See all that reflection on the GL banner behind me? That's yeah. all from um, that white light from LEDs. Oh, I thought maybe you just had a black light on in there. How many thousands of people are we paying their salaries for in the Department of Energy? <laughs> Don't know. Did- Department of Energy is comprised of approximately 14,000 federal employees and over, oh, we're not, we're not done, hang on, and over 95,000 management and operating contractor and other contractor employees oh, at the department's headquarters help us. at 83 field locations. They don't even do anything. Oh, my so God. 14,000 just right there. And then 83 field they locations? They produce no energy. Wow. They have nothing to do with energy except now 14,000 of them be worried about what kind of light bulb you use. They could fall under the environmental justice squad. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I forgot to mention they're also banning halogen bulbs, which cost an arm and a leg to run. Yeah, but they're good. But they're damn good. I like this function of the Garage Logic Town Council. Jason weighs in. He's subject line, by the way, says black helicopter theory. Bring them on. Let's go. Mm-hmm. The hollowed out urban cores, Joe, will allow them to concentrate uh, concentrate housing and make light rail your only choice. Good luck, Jason. Crime that's, rail. That's fine, but where are you taking people to and from what? They aren't going to be working. Well, you got a drug deal over on Summit, then you got to head back over to. That's basically what it is now. Maybe I'm going to see Mueller sooner than I think. (laughs) You know, he runs a nice memorial. And every time he shakes my hand, he checks my pulse and then tells me, patiently waiting. (laughs) That's the kind, well, Mueller and I have a little fun with it, but it's a very serious business. But he and his family have been in the... Mueller Memorial business for more than 70 years, and they make a very difficult part of life transition smoothly for you. Why not celebrate a life well-lived rather than uh, mourn beyond comfort? Uh, Mueller will take care of these problems. It's called Mueller Mortuary. I've I've parked mother and father with Mueller, and uh, I can't say I enjoyed it, but it was certainly made comfortable. There you go. By the kind of people who handle this for you at at Mueller Memorial, uh, Scott has written a book called "What to Know Before You Go." It answers all the questions. They know, of course, that this isn't a joyful time of the year, but they uh, take care of the difficult details. They'll create a perfect event to honor your loved one, bring families together again to celebrate the life well lived. Uh, they even have a bar at the White Bear Lake location. Nice. And there's not many uh, memorials that can claim that. Again, this is not a fun thing to think about or deal with, but once you learn about it and what's involved and you understand it, it doesn't have to be as overwhelming and frightening as it sounds. I can't recommend them highly enough. I've, uh, highly enough. I've known the Mueller's all my life. Go to MuellerMemorial.com to learn more.
It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Yeah, you already know this, right? That was a nice kiss there, wasn't it? You already know if you want the best lawn on the block, you've got to go with ProfessionalTurf.com. If you want the best-looking landscaping, or if you want to maximize your living space, your outdoor living space this summer, you also go with ProfessionalTurf.com. They can work with you and come up with something really cool, and they'll show it all. They'll show it all to, right to you before, ahead of time, right away. Uh, it's amazing. Digital photography, imaging software, the whole deal. They'll you look at a full color brochure of what your yard could be. They specialize in pretty much everything related to the outdoors: trees, shrubs, beds, rocks, sod. Uh, concrete pavers, stone, uh, water, ponds, waterfalls. What's on your mind? Call up Professional Turf and tell them, and they'll get you set up. The best lawn in the neighborhood and absolutely amazing outdoor environments. It can all be yours at ProfessionalTurf.com. Before we get to John, something just crossed my mind I meant to mention the other day. Did you see where Jill Biden, I'm sorry, Dr. Jill Biden... Thought it'd be a good idea oh God, if yes. Iowa also went to the White House. Yeah. No, Jill, they lost. Right, that's not how it works. But see, that's how it works with the Mysterian. You're right, yep. And then, uh, thank God, LSU uh, said, are you out of your mind? Well, Caitlin Clark from Iowa yeah, said the Iowa. same well, thing. Good for yeah. Caitlin Clark. She said, no, this is yeah. LSU's moment. We're not going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This Jeez. is everybody's a winner. Oh, everybody yep. gets a role. You a get ribbon. a participatory. Yeah. Jill, I'm sorry, Doctor Jill Biden from the failed academy. Uh, here's John Height. That attitude is what has got us in the position we're in right Precisely. now. Precisely. Yeah. In the news, and by the way, this news brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com, Minnesota state lawmakers are making progress on a bill that would create a new State Department of Children, Youth, and Families. Yeah, you may remember it was introduced by Governor Tim Walz during his budget proposal presentation in January. As written, the bill would transfer responsibilities from existing state agencies to the new department. Representative Dave Pinto, a DFLer from St. Paul, authored the House version of the bill and says there's a division of our Department of Human Services called the Children and Family Service Division. It contains pieces about child protection, child support, homelessness, economic supports for families, and child care. That division would essentially become its own department. In addition, early learning programs under the Department of Education and certain juvenile justice programs under the Department of Public Safety would be transferred to the new Department of Children, Youth, and Families. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle raising some concerns, though, during a hearing in the House Health, Finance, and Policy Committee yesterday. Representative Danny Nadeau, uh, he's a Republican from Rogers, said, I think that trying to align these things is a good idea. I really do, but I think it's going to be difficult. I don't see where the efficiencies in this bill on the state level are going to transfer to efficiency at the grassroots level. A Democrat committee chair, Representative Tina Liebling, also voiced caution said understanding and appreciating we have a problem does not make this the solution. I think there is a significant risk here. The more they expand, the more they don't care that it doesn't work. The bigger they make the government, the less likely it is to accomplish anything, and they don't care about that. 
Ian Wyatt is a regional economic uh, focused on the southeast, and he had this, Joe. I was trying to find this while you were talking about uh, uh, Relevant, yes. Largest population growth from 2020 to 2022. Dallas, Houston, Phoenix, Austin, Atlanta, Tampa, Charlotte, San Antonio, Orlando, and Raleigh. The largest decrease. You ready? Yeah. New York, New York, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, San Jose, Detroit, Boston, New Orleans, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and at 11, the Twin Cities. Hmm. Well, people maybe just wanted to go south and get warmer. Yeah, I'm sure that that was a lot of it. Yesterday, Republicans chanting, it's our surplus, give it back, and wearing shirts with the slogan, Stop the Madness, rallied at the state capitol to proclaim the Democrats' spending and policy plans have gone too far. The DFL, of course, won full control of state government last year, and since then, Democrats have pushed, well, lots of stuff, let's just say. Their policy measures, coupled with proposed spending increases, were at the center of much of yesterday's protest. Democrat spending would pretty much eliminate the almost 18 billion dollar surplus the state currently has <laughs> my god democrats budget plan also includes about three billion dollars in tax breaks the house and senate tax bills have yet to be released the details still need to be negotiated but walls and dfl legislators have been considering a variety of proposals including tax credits for families with kids one-time checks ending state taxes on social security benefits for minnesotans below a certain income threshold and here's why this is because when you go grocery shopping, you have an option of either buying something or not or having an alternative with a cheaper price. Okay. Here, we're just effed. Well, the, because the voters we, have spoken. Well, okay. they Some of them have. Hennepin County basically gets to decide who's running the entire state, mm-hmm. as exhibited when King Walls didn't even bother to campaign outside of the Twin Cities. A great example if you guys want to see what, um, well, you see the direction that the USA is headed with the, this government involved in every aspect of our lives. Go to Amazon Prime and watch Clarkson's Farm, and you can see how government has absolutely killed business and farming and personal freedom, and you cannot get out of bed and fart in the morning without alerting the government. In England. In England. And I that's tried the, watching that show, and I don't find it appealing. And that's the direction this country is headed. You oh, really absolutely. should watch. Oh. You really should watch season two because he cannot do anything on that farm without pushback from the local government. It is absolutely insane and maddening. Then how and are that's, we supposed to eat in the and future? That, and that's what Jeremy keeps asking. And that's the direction this country is going with government involved in every single aspect of our lives. And them telling us that they're helping us when all they're doing is preventing us from living our best. They're preventing us from pursuing the American dream. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. Thank you. Members of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union who work at dozens of Cub food stores have authorized a strike due to what they call unfair labor practices. They voted yesterday. UFCW Local 663 represents more than 3,000 employees at 33 Cub food locations in Minneapolis and across the West Metro. Members voted 94.5% in favor of the strike. Union members want higher wages for both full and part-time workers. Leaders from the union say the last time a contract was negotiated was in 20. 
2018. That contract ended on March 4th. As required by Minnesota law, the union has to wait out the mandatory 10-day cooling-off period before going on strike. According to the union, the next bargaining session is scheduled for April 11th. Among my many careers, I was a grocery bagger. <laughs> I worked in a grocery store. Was that... Before or after, uh, what did you call it? Flinging cardboard or whatever the hell it was? Uh, that was Sailing be- that cardboard? Was I f- uh, that was before I uh, flew cardboard. Flew cardboard. Flew cardboard. And was that before or after you flew out of the second story of some chick's bedroom window? That was a long, that was an earlier problem. That was. <laughs> <laughs> well then. <laughs> There's things not even the town council knows. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yellow banana streak you saw fly across yeah. the sky. With you know, the guy running around with a yellow suit on. The guy can run and pull his pants on at the same time. It's amazing. <laughs> the former head of the Super union. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> The former head of the union that represents Minneapolis police officers is now barred from working as a licensed peace officer in three metro area counties as part of a settlement agreement announced yesterday. Following a settlement with American Civil Liberties Union's Minnesota chapter, the former president of the Police Officers Federation of Minneapolis, Bob Kroll, is banned from serving as an officer in Hennepin, Ramsey, and Anoka counties for the next 10 years. The ACLU says the settlement with Kroll stems from two class action lawsuits filed over police mistreatment of demonstrators in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. Additionally, Kroll may not serve on the Minnesota Post Board or hold any leadership positions in the three counties for 10 years. Following the murder of Floyd, many community groups called for Kroll to be fired or for him to resign for what they said was fostering a toxic culture within the Minneapolis Police Department. He's also been named in several lawsuits. Kroll retired from the police force at the end of 2021. And Bob signed off on this. This isn't a plea agreement, yeah, correct? Bob signed off on this, yes. Well, that's what I was wondering, because basically I'm thinking, well, does he even want any of right. this? Right, right. Yeah. As the United States Postal Service continues to struggle with a staffing shortage, job fairs are being held across the country with hopes of bringing in more people to help deliver the mail. That happened here yesterday. USPS held job fairs in dozens of locations across Minnesota and North Dakota. Postal Service said our biggest challenge continues to be staffing, yet we have been able to provide consistent delivery. Mail delivery issues have been a big problem for Minnesotans in rural and urban areas especially, with thousands of complaints last year. Likewise, those delivering the mail are also struggling. The president of National Association of Letter Carriers, Branch 9 in Minneapolis, Joanne Gilbaugh, said letter carriers are working more than 12-hour shifts, six to seven days a week. Gilbaugh said there are about 120 letter carrier positions available in Minneapolis alone. The Postal Service said they're looking to hire over 850 new employees across Minnesota and North Dakota. That would be a great gig for people. Why why not do it? I came out of uh, one of those mini targets the other day. Mm -hmm. And uh, two guys, maybe they were 17 or 18, said, hey, uh, sir, do you have any spare change? And I said, no, I don't have any money. And it did not occur to me, I wish it would have, uh, to say, why, why don't you get a job? No, don't, don't, Joe. You keep your yapper shut. Yeah, you ah, just, they were uh, polite young guys. No, you don't. I, and no, I'm no. to the point where I almost think they were doing a bit. Yeah. Joe, just uh, take Kenny and I. Uh, take right. our advice. We, just, don't, just, 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 go be a yeah. mailman. Nope, 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 nope. You'd be better off peeking in garages on your walk down Summit. Yep. 
Well, he does that too. I don't so. do that. Oh, I'm sorry. You Pardon did. Me. I, I never did. I never, never did. Yeah, not anymore. As concerns over potential spring flooding grow, the city of St. Paul has taken a procedural step to help respond to flood conditions. Yesterday, the city declaring a local flood emergency that allows the city to move resources more quickly to protect residents and infrastructure from Mississippi River flooding. Officials say it'll allow the city's emergency management personnel to request and coordinate help from other areas, including the county and state, and it ensures the city will qualify for reimbursement if a federal declaration is issued. Currently, the National Weather Service forecasts up to a 50% chance the river in St. Paul will enter the major flood stage with a potential crest trending toward the week of April 17th. Uh, we'll have more news right after this, after we hear from Mr. Reavers. Thank you, Johnny. And I'm here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. Yeah, talk slowly. Independent water treatment dealer. Joe, I only have 60 seconds to tell you, you how great Hofferman Water is. Uh, and they are proud supporters of the Garage Logic podcast. Thank you very much for your support, Hofferman Water. Listen here, you might be in the market. Well, now's the time because spring tends to heat up activity over there at Hofferman Water. So get yourself a new system from Connecticut right now because it's so much better than just your average water softener because it's going to cut down on your salt usage, but it's also going to protect your appliances. So you could be thinking about a new water softener, an iron rust or odor filtration system, or maybe you just want a brand new drinking water system. Well, Hofferman Water's got you taken care of. So do this. Call them today, 952-894-4040. That's 952-894-4040. Or look them up online, HoffermanWater.com. Go to their website, and you can see every option that they will have for you, HoffermanWater.com. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago. It's made an amazing difference in the quality of my water, and I know that you will be happy if you decide to make the switch. Hoffman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Please tell them that you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. It's uh, Seafoam Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every month when you hear those sirens go off right around the 1 o'clock hour. That's a friendly reminder to run run out to your nearest retail outfit, grab a can of Seafoam, and feed that automobile, that truck, whatever you're driving, a full can. Give her the full dose. She'll love it. Using that Seafoam motor treatment in your fuel gives you one less thing to worry about. A lot of people don't realize preventive maintenance, engine problems, uh, all you have to do is feed it seafoam. It cleans harmful gum, the varnish from the entire system. It helps your engine run better, start faster, and last longer. And it works the same magic on all your cylinders. I don't care if they're big, small, diesel, gasoline, race gas, one lunger, 12 lunger, eight lunger. They all love seafoam. It's the ticket. And you can find it everywhere. And the true believers, we always keep an extra can in the vehicle. Truly a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Seafoam. Lunger. I've never heard that, Kenny, except as a tuberculosis description. Oh, one lunger. Oh, yeah, oh, that's oh, what that's we call single common. cylinders. Very yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm not a car guy. That's okay. That's okay. If Matthew would have said that, we would have jumped on him. But, you know, <laughs> you're you're an all right guy, John. Hey, I know wow. this is completely out of the blue and uh, not prepared to talk about it. But have you followed, however, peripherally? The case of the uh, now gone Eden Prairie basketball coach. 
Very, yeah. 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 Something about that story strikes me as terribly disingenuous. The, the people lined up against him, I think, are having to work really hard to pretend they're offended. Oh, the, none of this surprises me. I, yeah, but, but how, yeah, I agree with Joe. I don't know how, well, never mind. No, they, what, they're what, they're really working serious. hard to be offended. This guy apparently was telling his team... Watch what you write yes. on social media. Yeah, exactly. And, and he said, for example, don't use this, and he used the N-word. He said, never use that. And, of course, they they use this mm-hmm. as an opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, hold him in contempt. How yeah. can that be offensive? I don't understand how people can be offended by that. So I guess we all are in agreement, but like I said, none of this is surprising to me. Is no. it to you guys? We, I'm with we, Reavers. Nothing surprising me anymore in the failed academy. You just light the smallest bit of grist and you have a big fire. And it's just it's typical that this would happen in the failed academy. There, the people the... complaining about this guy are you're working too hard to be com- and to be and a bunch of black players left the team and said I just we don't feel our values are being upheld you know what go bleep yourself you're working way too hard to be upset here because he said the word or because he said don't don't say that word he, in saying don't say that word he apparently used the word. Okay, uh, can I play one? And then if? they go out after school and turn on a rap station and listen to it 50,000 okay, times. That's, that's my what if. What a uh, bunch of BS. Let me ask a question. What if the coach would have been black and he would have said that? I don't that's, think he would have had a problem. That's my what if. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the reasons for, you know, we're seeing this with a lot of um, professions now. This is why a lot of people don't want to coach or be involved in coaching. It's because of situations, not to this scale, but situations like this where any little thing that they do or say is going to be used against them. Was he trying to be provocative? No, no I don't think none so. None whatsoever. No, well, if he was going to have that speech, he should have known better. Well, but, but how careful do you have to be in the failed academy that he would have been better off not giving the speech? Here he's trying to help him. Saying he's he's expecting something from them. Why don't you guys really watch it now on social media? Let's not go down that dark road. Which a lot of coaches do. And and uh, in an effort to help protect their players. Here's an incoming Massachusetts school superintendent who won't get the job because in an email he referred to women as ladies. Oh, you can't. And that was considered See, a microaggression. No, He's got a case. I would be on the phone with lawyers. He has a case there. Mm-hmm. There, I read the whole thing. That's all he did is just say, ladies, I'm wow. anxious to join you or whatever. And uh, they said, well, you can't call us ladies. These people, are, so this country, this. this country's doing a real fine job. China, you don't have to do anything. No, we're, we're all imploding. just going to be curled up here in about two seconds. We're you know what it is, and we've talked about this a million times. You have the lunatics here, the lunatics here. The rest of us are right here, but we're never listened to. We're not represented. It's, well, it's we're being the, yelled the at from both sides. sides. Right? We're being shouted yeah. down from both yeah. sides. That's yeah. Anyway, let me see where were we in the news. Let's go with. Uh, well, I was going to go with Donald Trump, but I better not after that, huh? <laughs> In a historic election, the uh, liberal judge Janet, and I practice this, Protas, oh man, I didn't practice enough. But apparently you didn't practice it hard enough. Janet Protasewicz. 
Okay. Won her race for a seat on Wisconsin Supreme Court yesterday. Her win will flip the ideological balance to Wisconsin's highest court, which had been controlled by a conservative majority for 15 years. Elections and democracy observers called this election the most consequential election of the year, with the redistricting, election rules, and abortion rights at stake. The race pitted Protosewitz a Milwaukee Circuit Court judge and a former prosecutor against Dan Kelly, a former Wisconsin Supreme Court justice who has ties to election deniers and the far right. The race smashed campaign finance records for state judicial elections, drawing more than $45 million, according to Wisconsin political analysis. Wow. Massive contributions underscored the stakes of the race. Uh, Kelly was a, a bit less than gracious in his concession speech, saying, I wish in a circumstance like this I were able to concede to a worthy opponent, but I do not have a worthy <laughs> opponent to which I can concede. So Sour grapes. It's, yeah, it's, you know. Yeah. Uh, Joe already mentioned this in a surprise victory for progressive organizing and the future of police reform effort. Chicago voters elected underdog former education organizer Brandon Johnson as mayor beating back moderate Democrat Paul Vallis, according to the Associated Press. Johnson beat Vallis, a centrist, former budget and public schools chief, despite Vallis's tough-on-crime messaging, which resonated with moderates and white voters in Chicago. It's over for Chicago. The coach's name in question at Eden Prairie is a guy named David Flom. And the reason I brought it up, and now it's occurring to me, is that he made the news again last night I can't remember which channel, but he apparently is going to run, as he has for a couple of summers anyway, a basketball camp mm-hmm. for the kids of Eden Prairie. Mm-hmm. And this has given his detractors another reason to step forward and and and, and pontificate about how he uh, he wronged their values and how can we possibly have this guy? And I just thought, you people are a bunch of phonies. You're trying. This has. Uh, he didn't play my kid written all over it. You know what I'm saying? I do. Uh, this is just a bunch of BS. This guy's getting hoisted for no reason whatsoever based on what I've read. A large tornado tore through southeastern Missouri today, causing widespread destruction and killing multiple people as a broad swath of the Midwest and South braced for more storms that could spawn additional twisters and hail. The tornado touched down before dawn moved through a rural area of Bollinger County, about 50 miles south of St. Louis, according to Sergeant Clark Parrott of the Missouri State Highway Patrol. He said it caused multiple injuries and multiple deaths. He said a search and rescue operation involving multiple agencies is underway and that crews have had to use chainsaws to cut back trees and brush to reach some homes. The patrol posted an overhead photo of the damage, and uh, it is severe damage if you've seen those pictures, showed uprooted trees and homes that had been reduced to rubble. Justin Gibbs, a National Weather Service meteorologist, said the tornado touched down around 3.30 in the morning, remained on the ground for roughly 15 minutes, traveled an estimated 15 to 20 miles total. That'll lead the nightly news, and we should all be very hysterical. Johnson, well, thirty deaths. You get tornadoes in the spring, and that's unfortunate that people died. People are now living where tornadoes have been going through for thousands of years. It's one of my greatest fears: an overnight um, tornado. Yeah. yeah. Johnson and Johnson has proposed to pay almost nine billion dollars to resolve tens of thousands of lawsuits it faces in North America that claim its baby powder and other talc-based products cause cancer. The healthcare giant said it still believed the claims were specious, 
but it was hoping the new settlement offer would help conclude the legal battle. The figure marks a big boost over the $2 billion it had proposed previously. The new offer has significant support from people tied to the case. The company is facing more than 40,000 lawsuits from former customers who say using its baby powder caused cancer, including some who allege the product contained cancer-causing asbestos. For baby decades, powder, is that? can you still buy it? Is it in the stores? Uh, I believe they got rid of it in America last year. Let me see. Uh, sales ended globally last year. Baby powder was all over our house for the last 40 years. Mm. Well, I never personally used it. You weren't dumping that in your underpants no. twice a day? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem right. I didn't. I didn't. Oh. It's another humid one, huh? Times when I might have. Yeah. It's a hot one today. Hey, yeah. baby. <laughs> Powder. For, de for decades, scientific <laughs> studies suggested moderate drinking was better for most people's health than not drinking at all and could even help them live longer. Why not? Well, not true. No, they changed this now? Yeah, a new, a new analysis of more than 40 years of research has concluded that many of those studies were flawed and the opposite is actually true. Really? The review so found you should that drink the heavily. No, you shouldn't drink at all. Oh. The review found that the risks of dying prematurely increase significantly for women once they drink 25 grams of alcohol a day. That's less than two standard drinks. Uh, the risk for men increased significantly to 45 grams of alcohol a day or just over three drinks. The new report, which analyzed more than 100 studies of almost 5 million adults, was not designed to develop drinking recommendations, but to correct for method method oh my, methodological methodological uh, problems that plagued many of the older observational studies. Those reports consistently found that moderate drinkers were less likely to die of all causes, including those not related to alcohol consumption. Uh, now they say that's incorrect. So so what's the answer? Don't drink is okay. the answer. All right. Uh, good news for music fans who grew up when I did. Uh, remember the Midnight Special back in the 70s? What do you do if you stop drinking but you can't stop eating pie? What kind of pie? Because I really like pie, and I don't get it enough. I got a, I got a one slice left on a lemon pie, and I eyeball that thing Cherry, every day. Cherry, blueberry. Sometimes like I just pie? stick my finger in the pie and lick it a little bit, and then save the whole thing uh, for yeah. later. I yeah, love I'm pie. Sugar, in other words, sugar is sugar. It? Yeah, I, for me, it's chocolate chip cookies <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. For you, it's pie, yeah. Yeah, pie. Uh, moving right along now. Oh uh, back God. in the 70s, you guys remember the Midnight Special? You sure do, No, John. I don't remember that. It was on, you're kidding, right? John? I think I am. Yeah, yeah, okay. On Friday nights after Johnny Carson's Tonight Show, it was on on NBC. Bert Sugarman created the show and produced it. Now the 84-year-old has created a channel on YouTube dedicated only to this show. Oh, cool. Yeah, the vault, I was there this morning for about an hour. <laughs> Cool. Sugarman's Vault offers a bounty of enduring artists, including Fleetwood Mac at the height of their powers, Dolly Parton when she crossed over uh, country to pop, Linda Ronstadt, Tina Turner, Elton John, Led Zeppelin, Aretha Franklin, Kiss, Line the Family Stone, Johnny Cash, Todd Rundgren, etc., etc., etc. Midnight Special also featured TV rarities like uh, progressive rockers King Crimson, live performances from Steely Dan, and the unlikely combinations like the Bee Gees and R&B legend Wilson Pickett teaming up on Hey Jude. 
Sugarman is adding clips each week to the YouTube channel and promises entire 90-minute shows as well, which have not been seen in full since they first aired in the 70s on NBC. Parts of the show have been available in DVD sets, but this channel has some stuff that has never been released. Okay, hold it a minute. Yes, sir. When was the Midnight Special on network television? The 70s. And it followed the Tonight Show? On Fridays, yes. Just on Fridays? Yes. Yeah. Just on Fridays. I remember the term Midnight Special. I can't remember watching the show. Oh, God. It was... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mom and and Dad actually let me stay up for that. Wow. The beauty of it was it was all live performances. There was no lip syncing or anything like that. And 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 everybody was on it. With the advent of videos, wasn't it replaced with what I think was called Friday Night Videos? I swear there was a show called that. I believe you are correct, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Midnight Special wrapped her up right around, right about the time MTV came around, maybe a year before. Yeah. And uh, from there, Friday Night Videos became a thing. That and the other one, uh, that NBC had the Midnight Special, ABC had Don Kirshner's rock concert. They were both on in the 70s and just were plethora of... Let's not forget Saturday mornings with Dick Clark. Yeah, well, yeah, American Bandstand, but that was yeah. Amazing. There's a so local station yeah. called Get TV. GD. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't uh, a show like Midnight Special go to that as opposed to having to watch it on well, it's your licensing. computer screen? Didn't John? Didn't you just cover that? It's licensing. Uh, I would think, yeah, Bert probably can make a lot more money doing oh. what he's doing now. Plus, he, like I said, he, I have a box set actually of Midnight Special stuff. But it's different than this. It's not whole shows. It's just single performances. Huh. So he's licensed all that. And so I'll be damned. So. If you want to get outraged about something, get outraged about the fact that we can't watch WKRP in Cincinnati because of music licensing um, no, reasons. No, they, but wait. They changed that now. They yeah. changed that. They yeah. did. Well, who's got they that? Did. What in, channel in has fact, that? In fact, the box set I now have has all the music. Uh, restored as of I want to I want to watch marathons on TV or the internet. I can't find it on the internet. Hmm. I'm unaware of it. I, on I don't the know internet. what to tell you, John. That must I, have just been a conversation you and I had then one day because John and I talked about that very thing a few months ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago they settled and paid up for what I hate to keep referencing the Rockford Files, but the people who <laughs> appeared on that showed up in so many different places. The mm-hmm. other day, Mr. Carlson was on. Yeah, you know the yeah. boss of the WKRP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the those seventy shows are, are good for that. Yeah. Uh, WWE—that's the wrestling folks. Sure. And the company that runs Ultimate Fighting Championship will combine to create a twenty-one point four billion dollars sports entertainment company. New publicly traded company will house the UFC and World Wrestling Entertainment brands. The company's put the enterprise value of UFC at $12.1 billion and WWE at $9.3 billion. They haven't named the business yet. It'll be led by Endeavor CEO Ari Manuel. Vince McMahon, executive chairman at WWE, will serve in the same role at the new company. And Dana White will continue as president of UFC. And Nick Khan will be president at WWE. Twenty-one billion dollars. Billion. Yeah. With a B. Mm-hmm. For what? <laughs> Do what now? UFC and WWE. Oh, those, are combined. WWE, yeah. 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 Boy, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> now we don't have a sidekick in a can, Thanks, we have host in a can yeah, at we this got point. host in a can. Wall <laughs> <laughs> of America. Is adding another furry friend to its canine unit, and it needs help naming him. Oh, God. 
The newest security team member is an eight-week-old Dutch Shepherd and Belgian Malinois mix. It's a, it's a very pretty dog. He will spend the next year training before officially joining oh, oh. his coworker. I got what a name do for do? it. Yeah. I got a name for it. Are they therapy dogs? No, no, it's they're police it's dogs. A canine. Oh, canine. Oh. I got a name for it. How about we call it? Since it's the Mall of America, how about we call it unsupervised youth causing crimes uh, dog? Too long of a name. Okay, uh, I have one. Uh huh. Shithead. <laughs> That's a name. Yeah, why not? That's what I call my dog sometimes. <laughs> the mall is asking Sorry, Ross. people to submit family-friendly single names. Yeah, I don't think than... that's family-friendly. But oh, it, they do want no more than two syllables, so that would work, Kenny. <laughs> Name ideas can be submitted uh, up until tonight, and the mall then plans to choose five finalists for visitors. You could call a dog anything. They don't care. No. It's a Chevrolet. No. No. As long as you pay attention. Hey, TV set. And they I had my uh, you know, dad's TV. lab. My dad's lab would respond oh. to dummy. It yeah. was so fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, well, and John, then, that's, that's great. Oh, good. Okay. We're yeah. done good because I'll just keep giggling. <laughs> that's that's be a yeah, thank you. We'll okay. see you then. Okay. Yeah. Okay, bye. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. I don't care what the meteorologist or Such or any of you weirdo 21st or nutheads think or say. I'm calling it. Winter ends Saturday morning at sunrise. It's going right. to be in the 60s this uh, weekend, 70s next week. It's over. It's time to get serious. Get into Tri-State Bobcat. Check out a Toro Zero Turn Mower. You do it right now. You can take advantage of their big sale on the Time Cutter and the Titan Zero Turn Mowers. Last year, previous year models, 42-inch, 60-inch, discounts anywhere from 10 20% under promo pricing. If you like mowing fast, if you like a nice, neat lawn, you will love a Toro Zero Turn. I'm serious when I tell you it'll change your life. It'll take hours off your mowing time. If you want to think about next year, if you're already planning ahead for next year's space management, Tri-State also the place to go. They can get you into a Toro snowblower. Spring sale still going on on the Toro Power Clear. The singles, they're single stage blowers or the Power Max two stage snowblowers. Best deal of the year right now on Toro snowblowers. Get into any Tri-State Bobcat. And for that matter, if you're down in O-Town, uh, Mankey's Outdoor Equipment in Oatana, now part of the Tri-State family. So everything we say about Tri-State and the Twin Cities also available down there. And be sure to tell them you're a GLer when you stroll in, when you swing open those doors, make the announcement. I'm a GLer, and I'm here for a good deal. Little Canada, Hudson, and Burnsville. And everything they sell and rent on the website, tristatebobcat.com. The publisher of the 1936 novel Gone with the Wind has added a trigger warning to the latest edition. So if you go uh, to the bookstore now and buy the buy a copy of Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind, it'll mm -hmm. say, uh, this book contains racist depictions and content that may be hurtful. Mm. Boy, they better not read this in uh, Eden Prairie. That'd cause them all to have a lot of grief. Well, I hope they don't read American history in yeah. the 18, well, starting in the 1600s and advancing all the way through what? The early 1970s. 
The text of the book remains true to the original in every way and is reflective of the language and period in which it was originally written. We want to alert readers that there may be hurtful or indeed harmful phrases and terminology that were prevalent at the time this novel was written and which are true to the context of the historical setting of the novel. Pan McMillan believes changing the text to reflect today's world would undermine the authenticity of the original, so has chosen to leave the text in its entirety good. This does not, however, constitute an endorsement of the characterization, content, or language used. Okay, it's a story of a southern belle and her daughter, and and Scarlett owns the farm, and they have a lot of problems. Is Scarlett not a likable person? She is uh, vapid and irritating Mm -hmm. and squeaky and uh, money grabber. Uh, and uh, I've never actually read the book, Suge, but I've seen the movie a million times. Uh, and it's a great movie. But they actually took some of the stuff they shot um, that was in the book and took it out of the movie because they considered it, even in 1939, controversial, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the way that Scarlett treated her slaves. Vivian Leigh was Scarlett. Yeah, great, great. You know when an actress makes you hate the character, yeah, mm-hmm. she's a really good actor. Who played yeah. Nurse Ratchet? Because I hate her to this day. <laughs> yeah. I hate her to this day. Yeah, yeah. Who Louise, was she? Fletcher. Louise, Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher. Right. Yep. She might be a sweetheart, but uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, uh. You yep. the nurse. What were you going to say, yeah. John? Uh, that warning, Joe. Uh, I have seen in several books, and is extremely prevalent in reprints of comics from the. 50s and 60s. I don't read comics, so I'll have to avoid that. I will avoid that. (laughs) I wonder if they throw that out in front of Sanford and Son, boy. Because when when Aunt Esther dropped the N-word, old Kenny wasn't ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the early 70s. It's no longer acceptable to depict the time in which something was depicted. Right, right. it, it has to represent, yeah. It has to re- represent our current values. What was that silent movie that was um, so bad? Birth of, Birth a, of nation. a Nation. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, awful. yeah. Uh, I've watched but that. Just might have been a lousy movie. Well, Birth of a Nation is considered no. one of the best movies ever made in terms yeah. of cinematography. Yeah. That's what I meant, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Same, thing. Same thing. I didn't know Vivian Leigh was British. Yeah, hell of an actor. Clark Boy, Gable. I hated her. He died at the age of 59? Yeah, yeah he had did some hard living. Wow. Yeah, the making of that movie was a real cluster, too. Boy, what, they went it through won writers. Eight Oscars. And, it won eight yep, Oscars. Yep. They went through writers, writers, directors, producers. It was a disaster. And Hattie McDaniel won an Oscar as the first black uh, American to win an Oscar for her performance. Resulting in her being hated by some people. Probably. Well, I guess Did if you she go by to, it, you got to watch out for the warning. Didn't she have to... I shouldn't uh, say. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm going to look it up. But I think, wasn't she, didn't she have to be seated someplace else? Of course. She won oh, the award. At of the course. Oscars? The, yes. No, the, that happened oh. with all, with jazz singers wow. and blues singers it. and Billie Holiday and Ella. And I can honestly tell you I don't get it. That well, doesn't make any sense. Behave that way, I don't get it. It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It never has. 
and it still goes on. You know on. what? Caddy would have been really cool if she marched up there and got it and then just threw it on the floor. Dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> the hell with you people. Only because they come to us. From where? Boy, that reminds me, you saying that reminds me of uh, Marlon Brando and the Native American guy. And then Gale. stupid I he John. Sent a gal out. Yeah, yeah, Gale. I'm sorry, Gal. And uh, then stupid John Wayne lashing out at that. The uh, she actually couldn't attend the premiere of the movie because it was held at a whites only theater. Wow. For God's sake! And yep. at the Oscars, she had to sit at a segregated table Isn't on the other sad? side of the room. When she Isn't that amazing? Isn't that I amazing? I wish she would have gone up there and given the bird, but she didn't. Who was it that was playing at the Hollywood Bowl? Was it Ella and uh, Marilyn, um, um, Marilyn, uh, what's Marilyn her name? Monroe. Monroe, Monroe. Yep. was there every night in the front row just to help prop her up and, and to keep her. Yeah, yeah just... it was actually at a club. It wasn't oh, it was. Hollywood Bowl. It was a club, and Marilyn Monroe showed up every night uh, yeah. in support of Ella. Yeah. Yeah. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans at WorldwideWaftage.com. On this day in 1830... April 5th. The first work of fiction set in Minnesota, a collection of stories about fur traders and Native Americans called Tales of the Northwest, was published in Boston... The author, William J. Snelling, was the son of Josiah Snelling, for whom Fort Snelling was named. Hmm. Well, I, if we need any warnings I, at the beginning of that. I bet you do. <laughs> Go west, young man. On this, that wasn't uh, Snelling who said that. Uh, on <laughs> who this was day it? In, uh, Forrest Greeley. Forrest Greeley. On this day in 18... 18- you got it. No, that's good. <laughs> on I'm this. Go uh, ahead, Joe. I, Please. Yeah, Joe. Please continue. Uh, on this day in 1852, <laughs> Minnesota went dry. The citizens of the territory approved a prohibition bill by a vote of 853 to 662. What? Approved a prohibition bill well, mm-hmm. by eight, oh, 853 to 662. The measure which would have outlawed the manufacture and sale of alcoholic beverages was declared unconstitutional in November. Oh. That didn't take long. On this day in 1876, April 5th, the Bohemian Reading and Educational Society of McLeod County ordered a set of Czech readers. The society would meet regularly for more than 60 years, usually in Bohemian Hall, located near the towns of Silver Lake and Hutchinson. Hmm. See, the Czechs got it, Czechoslovakians got her on there, Red. On this day in 1904, 4-5. Richard Eberhardt was born in Austin, a poet and teacher. He won the Pulitzer Prize for his selected poems, 1930 to 1965, in 1966. I've never heard of him. Me neither. Richard Eberhardt. On this day, in 1929... It's a long list today. A, a tornado killed three individuals as it moved from Lake Minnetonka across to Minneapolis and Fridley and into Chisago. County. What year? So that was on the r- ground for a while, huh? 1929. Yeah. Mm. It moved across? Across, it said. Yeah. No, I, I I did that. It The word is across. I made the mistake. Hillbilly. Yeah. Battery. Yeah. Battery. <laughs> 
wonder if it crossed any cricks. Yeah. Uh, and finally on this day... Joe, today is April 5th. In 1937, the People's Lobby occupied part of the state capitol while demonstrating for a depression relief bill. This was followed by a drag queen performance. <laughs> 200 prote- protesters heckled legislators and spent the night in the Senate chamber. Hmm. And that's it for on this day in Minnesota history. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. GLers, do us a favor, if you wouldn't mind. Please subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube channel because we are posting daily content there for your amusement. You can also follow us along on all of our social media channels that include Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and if you haven't done so, sign up for the Garage Logic Town Council because there, for just 10 bucks a month or $100 a year, you get all the behind the scenes nonsense and interactions in between breaks. And if you sign up right now, you will get a $10 Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Center gift card where you can get some new flowers for Ma. Huh? Okay, see you tomorrow.